This is Jarvis Hester, the editor-in-chief of Live Free Magazine, where we inspire you to live free in every area of your life, mind, body, and spirit. And we are excited to uh, uh, release this new podcast called Dear Mom, I'm Gay. It's a conversation with uh, men of color about their coming out experience. Our goal, our hope with this show is to inspire you to live your authentic life. Um, I, uh, as myself, am a, a gay black man and I'm proud to be who I am. God has created me to be who he's created me to be. And I, I'm, it's, I'm learning that it's a journey that every day that God, uh, I seek God, he burns those things that are not like him away so that I can be renewed in my mind to be more like Christ daily. And today we have uh, one of my mentors, a an awesome man of God who uh, gave me my first opportunity to lead worship after coming out of the closet, um, Ro- Pastor Roger Hayes of the Church of the Holy Spirit Fellowship. Pastor Roger Hayes, thank you so much for joining me on this call and this show. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. Bless you, bless you. So uh, on this journey that we call life, uh, we go through lots of ups and downs. And I'd like for you to share with us just your experience in being authentic and learning how to accept who God has called you and made you to be. Well, first of all, let me just give everyone great greetings. I bless you in the name of the Lord and all of that good church and holy stuff. How about that? All right. Um, but it's really good to have this opportunity to share on today. I really pray, and it is our prayer, um, myself as well as Jarvis, that this will really be a blessing to not one, but to all. And that in, in through and throughout the course of this time, that you will be able to hear something that will be blessing you and most importantly, liberate and set you free. Yes. Um, my, um, I think that, that's a huge question that you posed. Yes. Um, that, 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 that question alone could take the entirety of our time together. Um, so if it's okay, let me start by just kind of like doing an introduction of myself. Yes. Um, I am Pastor Roger Billingsley Hayes, and I'm Bishop Elect. Um, I am a part of the Fellowship of Affirming Ministries, where my presiding prelate is Bishop Yvette A. Flunder. I am so grateful to be a part of the Fellowship of Affirming Ministries and have had the privilege of serving in ministry and pastoral ministry for some 22 years or so years now. Um, I started out pastoring Church of the Holy Spirit. Then we changed our name to Church of the Holy Spirit Fellowship so that we could incorporate in North Carolina. Um, And then about six years ago, we went through a restructuring process and where we really spent some time evaluating who we were as a ministry, not just as a church, but as a ministry, who we saw ourselves as and how we showed up in the community and how we desired to show up for one another. And out of that process, we changed our name. And we changed our name from Church of Holy Spirit Fellowship to Renewal Fellowship with a very clear understanding that our call to ministry is to renew the lives of people. To have people and to create space where people can find renewal on a daily, continual process. I do not think that we just arrive. Amen. Life is all about the journey. And so we want to create it and wanted to create a space where people could continue to journey into their wholeness and fullness. 
Let me chime in right there. The Bible says that we are supposed to renew our mind daily. And I'm, I'm so, I'm excited to hear that you changed your name to Renewal because that it really applies to the Word of God. That on this journey, we are to daily renew our mind. That so, is correct. That is correct. And, and out of that mind renewing, there is a change of behavior. Yes. Behaviors follow. We know a fruit. We know a tree by its fruit. Yes. Um, and I'm so grateful that we are able to create an authentic place for that to happen in the lives of everyone, but particularly for LGBT identifying individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am wonderfully 50 years old, just turned 50 this year. Happy birthday. Yes. I am a father of two beautiful children, a boy and a girl, a husband of one husband. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. And, um, and, and thankfully, and thank the Lord for him. We've been together for about 10 years or so now. And, um, and so I'm honored the Lord for him. Um, but as I said, I've been pastoring for about 20, 21, 22 years now. Um, I am a graduate of Wake Forest Divinity School um, University here in in Winston-Salem, we call it the Ivy League of the South, um, with a master's in divinity. Um, I am a business owner, so I'm an entrepreneur. So not only do I pastor, but I also own a catering company. And, and he a, can cook, a y'all. popular food truck. Um, <laughs> and so it's, it's really, it's, life has been good. Yes. Um, and I say that with full acknowledgement of all that that is. Um, and, and all that that brings, um, life has been good. So. Yes. So share with me, uh, at what age were you when you realized that, you know, something was not like everyone else? Something was a little different with you. And, and tell us about that experience. And how did you come to that revelation that, you know, I'm not like the other boys? Mm. <laughs> well, I grew up in the country. Um, in the very rural um, area, um, in a community called Boomer, North Carolina, and and Moravian Falls, um, and in that setting where I grew up, I, I grew up as I would have been considered very effeminate. Um, I enjoyed um, effemininity. I, you know, I, I heard all the time, pick your wrist up, pick your wrist up. Um, but I would say that in those early years, even as early as six and seven, eight, I knew that I knew I was different, not because I felt different, not because I looked different, but because people told me I was different. And I think that that is a very important thing to to bring to light for, particularly for same gender loving men. Uh, well, well, and women as well, um, who, who tend to maybe have grown up didn't want to wear dresses. She'd rather wear pants. Um, she didn't want to play with dolls. She wanted to play with trucks, um, and vice versa for men. That so oftentimes we as children, in our innocence of discovery, we are not allowed the space yes. to, to, in a very healthy way Amen. to explore our our gender identities um, and those normalities that keep being flung upon us. Mm-hmm. And so then we, very quickly, we begin to, the 
develop uh, a consciousness that says there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. There's something not right with me. Uh, because people are adults in our lives who are not sympath- uh, sympathetic or empathetic mm-hmm. to our realities. Right begin to create these illusions for us and this this these these walls if you would mm-hmm. um and then then we find ourselves <laughs> having to dig out of these deep holes and chasms that we get buried and locked into um and so um certainly again as as i was you know very young i was dealing with those realities mm-hmm. dealing with the realities of um that there was something different about me, um, that, that I liked different things. Um, I, I, I enjoyed doing different kind of things from what some of the other boys like to do, even though there were boys in my life, the boys that I played with that truly had, um, hold on a second. I think it's amazing how in in our life experience, how you just mentioned about digging ourselves out of that hole that um, that that people around us kind of put us in because they want us to fit this sense of normality. They want us to uh, look like um, the the society says you're supposed to be a boy that plays with uh, with toys and trucks. And and so I, I think that's amazing how. You just really touched on a, a point that even when you come to the revelation that you're different, you still have to dig yourself out of that hole of that conformity that we, we tend to, as homosexuals, tend to try to fit ourselves in this peg, uh, a square peg where we're a circle, you know? And so we have to dig ourselves out of that and try to really brush that old thing away. The reality for that is that we're digging ourselves out of a hole that we got thrown into. Not a hole we dug ourselves and that's why I think there is such a real misnomer in society about saying gender loving people mm-hmm. yeah. we do not struggle with our sexuality like that, yeah. because <laughs> um, because God made us this way and this is what I like and so I'm struggling with it That that's not it our struggle is other people that's it our struggle is conformity our struggle has been the rules and the rhetorics and the things that people have said and placed up on us that buried us up under all of that crap mm-hmm. if we if, if we could have came through pure yeah and allowed and, and just imagine at your very earliest memory if you could have been allowed to just be exactly to be loved for who you presented yourself to be and there are societies in the world that do this yes we, we, we see this in some of the Indian cultures mm-hmm. uh, where, where where they embrace two spirits so to speak mm-hmm. two spirited people mm-hmm. who are who generally what we would call are transgender individuals you know where you are allowed to come through pure imagine how much where we would be. The freedom that that comes with that, you know, because I recall when I was growing up, just at every commercial break, break, just getting up and dancing and just having this 
energy inside of me that just wanted to come out. And then my parents were like, no, stop, stop, don't do that. And for them, they were just in their mind trying to protect me from a, a, a mean world, you know? But if I was, had, if I had that freedom to really explore, the sky would be the limit, you know? And the freedom that comes with that. I, I think that's so powerful that you say that, wow. It's very true. So very it, true. let's talk really quickly about that same thought process that really overtakes um, Christianity and the church and how that can really put you in a place where you feel condemned. Because the Bible says there's therefore no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. But there is such a, a heavy weight of condemnation, especially with homosexuality in the church. Can you speak to that? Yeah, um, I, I think that's a wonderful scripture that you threw out. There is therefore, meaning whatever was before is canceled out. Amen. Because you're in Christ Jesus. Amen. So, so as great as that scripture is, it is also imperative that the believer believes that they're in Christ Jesus. That's it. That is the press way. Uh, you have to believe that you're in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. If you don't believe that, or if you have been made to not believe that, that this to be in Christ means that you've got to do this and do that, right. and thou shalt not, mm -hmm. and thou shalt and, and 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 you can easily be ejected. And you can be in today and out today. Mm -hmm. No, just one word, honey, you've blown out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> if you're living in and under that kind of dogma, Oof. then to be able to embrace the fullness of the therefore, mm. then it's thrown out. That'll preach right and so then, so then here comes another struggle. So now, now I'm digging out the hole that the people that put me in because my wrist is broke. <laughs> or, or because there's too much sway in my walk. Oh, too much S in my S's. Right. <laughs> I remember being at a school dance um, in uh, middle school, and we were dancing, and some of the girls began to make fun of me um, and laughing at me mm. because when I danced, my hips moved so much. Mm. Wow. You know, I ain't thought about that in years. But that just came up in my memory bank. Mm. You know, well, well, those things that we oftentimes call little red wagon issues, mm -hmm. those kind of things play uh, into our adult lives. It does. Um, and, uh, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I don't want to take away from the fact because I know, just like I'm a parent, there are many who will listen to this who are also parents. It is imperative that we do the necessary work of healing ourselves. That's so true. And allowing inward discovery and personal recovery to happen mm -hmm. so that we do not put the same burdens upon our children. Mm -hmm. Pastor, and can you just take types one... of harms to them that was done to us? Yes. Now, we cannot not do that if we've not done the work. The work. That's the truth. Share a little bit about the personal discovery that, that, that this is something that you, uh, for me, at come, being under your leadership in church, really set me free and began 
me on the journey to start the work that has to be done in order to heal from those broken places that's that's in all of us. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it was probably 20, 21, 22 years ago um, in a time of prayer um, and certainly in, in beginning to lay the foundation of this thing called church that I was being called into um God began to deal with my heart about what this journey looked like and what it would be like. And um, and I knew for myself, I wanted to do, just what, as we have said about this broadcast even now, I wanted people to be found, to be set free. I wanted people to get free. Whatever that means for you individually, right. I want you to know freedom. Mm-hmm. Now, for some of us, that, that means we've got to go back and do some first works. Mm-hmm. Some of us, we got to clear up some past stuff for that to happen. Uh, for some of us, we've got to be able to liberate ourselves in our place called now. Mm-hmm. And then make some conscious decisions about what tomorrow is going to look like if the Lord allows it to come. And our, and our insistence on staying free. Mm-hmm. But out of that, and I do believe it was God breathed. He gave me inward discovery, personal recovery, and affectionate outreach. Mm-hmm. The inward discovery is that process of going inside of oneself and discovering those places of brokenness, those places of longing, those places of absence mm-hmm. and gaps and voids that are generally manifested in the way that we feel and our emotions. Mm -hmm. Our feelings are windows into our souls. They really are. Mm -hmm. They really are. And when you find yourself sitting around the house and just all of a sudden a sadness comes over you Mm -hmm. and you just feel like crying and you don't know why, (laughs) you would do well to look at that. Mm -hmm. Do well to see and, and ask spirit what are you wanting me to see? Yes. Not about the outside world. That's it. Not about how I feel about the current president or, exactly. or the last election. Mm-hmm. But 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 about me from an inward place. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, hey, you know, sometimes you have to lay your own self on the couch yeah. and ask you, now how long have you been feeling this way? Yes. Yeah. Well, really, how mm-hmm. long? Mm-hmm and begin to tap into that and and for some of us when we get honest about some of those things we'll find that we've been having these feelings for 15 20 40 years Mm -hmm. we have had dark moments and dark places well where did that come from and this is the inward discovery process that we begin to tap into it and hear me when I tell you yes it will be painful Yes, there is pain associated with it. Mm-hmm. That's the discovery. Yep. It wouldn't have been hidden. <laughs> right? <laughs> if it was easy, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But, but the hiddenness of it is because of the pain that's associated with it. But here's the beautiful thing. We do not do that journey alone. The Holy Spirit journeys with us into Hallelujah. that place. Yes. And it is the Holy Spirit that as we go into that place, yes. 
that then takes our hand yes. and leads us back out of that place. And that becomes the personal recovery. Yes. He leads us back out of that dark place and hear me through the same path we went in. Ugh. Not a different route. That's the truth. He leads us out the same path we went in. And that's how come there are areas in your life today that you can look back on that used to cause you pain yes. now gives you great joy. Hallelujah. Because you know that God is it's able. Yeah. It becomes the very foundational Ooh. locations of where you can put your finger on when the old saint sang the song said, you can't make me doubt it. Hallelujah. Because I know too much about, about it. That's the truth. It's because he's brought me back Ooh that pain. Glory to God. But that's not the end of the journey. Mm, mm, mm. And this is the part where renewal becomes so important. Mm. Because once we come out, bless his name. Hallelujah. (laughs) There will then come a turn and it's time to go back in again. Mm -hmm. And this time we may go in a slightly different direction. We may go back through that same area, but this time we'll go deeper. Yes. Just like peeling the layers off of an onion. This is where that concept comes from. Mm. Because every layer is a layer in and of itself. Mm -hmm. So you continue to peel away. So we continue to go in and come out. Mm. In and come out. Inward discovery, personal recovery. Inward discovery, personal recovery yes. and the byproduct of this the is affectionate yeah. outreach hallelujah Jesus because out of this journey mm. out of this thing called life <laughs> we learn compassion yes because now hear me mm, 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 mm. through the inward discovery and the personal recovery process we are constantly dealing with grief and loss yes yes I am a believer, as Peter Sarcasio says, that all grief and loss is the foundation of the compassion of Christ that comes out of us. So it takes grief and loss, the awareness of it, and the healing in it for me to compassionately reach out to others. So without this journey, without this work, we can reach out to other people, but it will not be affectionate. (laughs) It will always be littered with your own baggage. Oh, wow. It will be littered with with your expectations, Mm -hmm. with with your needs. Yes. Oh, 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 we'll help somebody. But but what can they do for us? Right. Oh, oh, we, we got a kind word. Well, what you gonna give me? Right. Oh, I'll pray for you. Just send me twenty five dollars. Right. You know, just I'll, I'll I'll come over there and give you a ride. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm not ask not ask you for money today. But, but right when I want something, I'm gonna call you because you what? Oh me. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. And then we want credit. That's we want credit with God. Oh, Jesus. Whenever our motives have been so impure oh, all along. You are preaching. So through the inward discovery, personal recovery, that is process, good. then and only then, 
well. That's powerful. You know, I've been really seeking God like never before. And that's the job of the Holy Spirit is to draw us to the truth. That's his job is to to take our hand and lead us to the truth of every matter. And I'm seeing it happen so evident as I'm seeking him daily. God, the Holy Spirit will say, let me, let me show you a different way, you know? And if you're willing, that's what the Bible said, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. And that, that willing saying, I came not my way, God, your way, God. I want how you want it to be done. And it takes dying of ourselves and dying of our flesh, which that's to take up your cross daily. You know, that's, that's a real thing. You know, that means that sometimes that means shutting your mouth when you want to say something, you know, anyway, so let, let's, let's talk about your relationship with your, with your mom and how you shared your truth with her. I, I had the honor and privilege of, of getting to know your mom and she was a, such a blessing to me and, and, uh, uh, before passing, I just really want you to share, uh, just your, your, your interaction with her and how you shared your truth with her. conversation with you right now, um, Jarvis, um, I just finished listening to, um, Patrick, um, Patrick's book, um, Sweet Tea. Okay. Have you read that? No, I haven't. Mm -mm. Well, it's about gay men's, um, gay men in the South is is really what it's all about. Mm. Um, and so very much the same, the same conversation we're having is what the book is completely about. Mm. It's it's a really good read. It's a good book. Um, but my mother, um, my mother had me whenever she was 19. Um, she was a senior in high school, um, and, and in full transparency, she got pregnant by the janitor at the school who was considerably older than she was. She, he, he should have went to jail, um, to be told. Um, but, um, she, she got pregnant, um, and she had me. And it would be much later in life, in, in my adulthood, she and I had some conversation about that, and, and she shared with me that I was not a mistake for her um, at all. She very much wanted a child. She wanted someone to love her and someone for her to love. Now, that is important, particularly for males who are their mother's oldest their first, their firstborn mm-hmm. for their mothers. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes, these are some of the feelings and some of the things that are there. It's a lot of weight for that child to carry. It's too much weight for that child to carry that that level of emotion um, of an adult. Um, and that's a whole nother conversation. Mm-hmm. But um, but it shaped mine and my mother's relationship in a lot of ways. Um, 
though she very much wanted a son, she wanted a child, she wasn't ready for a child because she had to find out who she was. She was still a child herself, growing up again in a very rural area. Um, but yet my mother, she set out, um, she went to school, she um, got her LPN and began to nurse um, and doing nursing. She moved around um, somewhat, she ended up moving to Atlanta. Uh, by this point, I had a sister as well, and so my sister and I moved with her to Atlanta for a short period of time, and then we came back and was raised the majority of our um, adolescence with my grandmother, um, and my mother was kind of in and out um, um, through that until she got sick. Um, she was diagnosed with lupus whenever she was like 23, um, and so she lived with lupus um, still finding her way, still doing her, her thing. But as if you know anything about a chronic disease, it, it still has its effects, you know. Um, she, we eventually moved, she eventually moved back home. Um, we lived with her. Um, she moved away again and we were back at my grandmother's and she moved back home, we were with her. Um, but by the time I was a senior in high school, my mom and my sister moved to Winston-Salem to live. I did not want to move. I wanted to stay in Wilkes County and graduate from Wilkes Central. And so I stayed and I was working full time. During that time, my senior year is when I met the first man that I became involved with. Um, prior to then, you know, I, I definitely knew that I was gay. I was clear about that. Um, didn't know all the terminology around it, you know, didn't really know all of what that meant, but I knew I liked the man. <laughs> it was definite that, that that's what, that's what that, you wanted. That's what made my blood rise. <laughs> and it wasn't no gal, you know. But, um, so um, I, I met my first boyfriend um, at work. Um, and he was 10 years my senior. Mm. Um, a Hispanic brother um, who was married and had children, but they were in Mexico. Um, but that, that had nothing to do with me. I could care less. <laughs> you know? and, um, and he turned me out. He turned me all the way out. All the way out. I, I remember my first kiss um, in a very fond and I remember my first time in a very fond way mm -hmm. uh, a very gentle way um, and I know everybody can't say that but mm -hmm. I and that doesn't make me great or anything but I but I do thank the Lord for that um, but my mom living away I lived with my aunt she and I shared an apartment together she was the busybody she was constantly telling my mom everything you know everything she thought she was running telling my mother you know and so my mother asked me one day if, my, if me and um, Alfredo was were dealing with each other lovers or whatever she said and, you know and I vehemently denied it you know just absolutely not I dare you, you know? <laughs> the blood of Jesus you know? and, um, <laughs> but later on um, I graduated from high school went to college um, and during the summer of my what would be one into my sophomore year I started dating a guy in um, in Boone North Carolina and lived up there and my mother called one morning he and I were in the bed and, and my mother called, he answered the phone, he handed the phone to me, 
you know, like that. And we didn't have to with no cell phones. He he handed the phone to me in the early morning, hello, you know. And uh and my mother said, her very words was, Roger, are you and Kevin lovers? Woo. And I said, Yes. Wow. She said, Okay, well, we'll talk about this later. I said, All right. And we hung up the phone just like that. Yeah. And um so the later did come in the form of a letter. And it's so funny because I've heard so many men talk about the letters. <laughs> the letters. <laughs> How the mothers would write these letters littered with scriptures about you. Front and back page. <laughs> I wish God knows in all of my heart. I wish I still had those letters. <laughs> oh, honey, she would write me these letters. I get these long letters at school. I, by this time, I'm back in college. You know, she, I'd go to my mailbox. I'd have a packet. <laughs> 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 I wrote a letter. It was a packet. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And, and at the end of it, I'm going to hell. Oh, Jesus. Abomination. And it is her duty. Mm. It is her God given, spirit led duty. Wow. To save my soul. You know? Um, well, as time would march on, I started dating another guy um, who actually lived in Winston Salem. I met him in Winston. Um, he lived here. He was also, uh, he was about 12 years my senior. Um, and my mom went through a period of time with he and I where I would have called her accepting, accepting, you know, she had accepted it. She, you know, she didn't understand it, but, but you know, Hey, you know, we was good. We was Gucci. And we went along like that for about three years when he and I broke up, I fell head over heels in love with Jesus. Amen. Uh, and I mean, I'm, I'm head over heels in love with Jesus. Mm. Um, I, I gave my life to the Lord. Now, I was saved when I was um, 10 years old, filled with the Holy Ghost at 13. All right. Um, but, but, I, but baby, I fell in love with Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in 1995. Okay. And um, um, joined Macedonia True God Pentecostal Holiness Church of God Incorporated, all of that, right? <laughs> and, um, and renounced my homosexuality mm. and made a conscious decision and clear and clarity. I could not have a man and have God, so I chose God. Um, I knew that I was not attracted to women and I did not want a woman, but I couldn't have a man. So then, so that meant a life of what would be in celibacy. Um, so at, you know, at 25, 20, 26, somewhere around there, you know, I am literally you know, no masturbation, no um, sex. Um, um, I slept the CC Winans and TD Jakes, <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and that's what I played. And I played that at night so it would play over. And then the time we had cassettes, and, you know, we had cassettes, it would automatically turn over. Right. And, um, and, and, and so, so that played all night so that it could back the enemy in the dream yes and so so that i would stop waking up with it come on <laughs> um, and, and, and all of this because because the devil 
African-American newspaper called The Chronicle. And it was entitled, um, Out of the Closet and Into the Light. Mm. Pastor tells of years of struggle, you know, and it was on the front page. What? That's big time. Wow. Oh, it was it was big time. And what anybody would have thought is that maybe I sought after this article, or what, and that wasn't the case at all. Literally, literally, I threw myself on the sword to protect someone else. Mm. I allowed them to do this story on me and gave them this story to protect another pastor here in the city. Wow. Yeah, and, that, and that's that's the God's heaven's it's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I put myself out there in all of this, and and I thought it was going to be you know on, on page seven of the of the chronicle, right? You know, in the corner with mm-hmm. the story, not literally on the front page wow. of the paper. And I had been away at a at a meeting, um, and been away for a couple, about three days, and I came home on the day that the paper came out and stopped at a um a, one of the bookstores, uh, not not our kind of bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> I was stopped at the bookstore uh, <laughs> to pick up the paper, uh, and and like the I swallowed my tonsils when I saw it. You know that this is a. My mother was going to the beauty salon at this time to get her hair done, and in that period there, she was in the salon, and I was the topic of the conversation in the salon. Oh wow. Um, as women um, berated, wow. discussed, and talked about mm. that boy, that guy in the paper. None of them people knew that that guy was her son. Mm. Until the her hairdresser said to them, you all, this is his mother. Wow. And just the... The hush fell over the crowd. Yeah. (laughs) But also the embarrassment. My goodness. Um, And it just happened to be that that day, that evening, I mean, it was that evening or it was the next day when I had went over to her home. And when I walked in, she was sitting there in in her wheelchair. She was in a wheelchair at this point. And she was just looking at me with such a disdain. Mm. And she said to me, Roger, I am so embarrassed by you. And and I, and I and I believe that that is many same gender loving people's moment um, that we've heard I'm embarrassed by you, or we certainly felt it that we in some way had brought shame on the family, you know, that we have basically slaughtered ourselves to keep from bringing shame mm. on the family, mm. you know, yeah. and all that. But oh, bless be God. Yes, Lord. I was in a place that day where I was well enough mm-hmm. to handle that moment. You know, because if I had to be in, and this is God, and this was God because I'd been to church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'd heard this prophetess from Puerto Rico she had been preaching and teaching and I had gotten some good nuggets. And so when my mother said that to me, I looked at her with great love and compassion. And I said, well, that's your issue. Mm. And I'm sorry that you are missing out on the wonderful man that I am. Amen. 
but I'm going to give you that issue back. Yes. And I'm not going to take that home for myself. Yes. That's your issue. And I turned around and walked out of her apartment. Wow. And closed the door. She and I, prior to her passing and, and um, she and I had opportunities to talk in front of groups about the same subject, the same conversation. And it was wonderful, mm-hmm. wonderful to be able to have this conversation with her, yes. you know, um, and before she passed. And, and she talked about that day. And she would said, after I shared this part of it, you know, and I closed that door, she said in that very moment, the Holy Spirit began to deal with her with her issue. Wow. And, 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 and that only happened because I gave the issue back to, back to her. Wow. And so oftentimes what we tend to do as same gender loving oh, people, we take the onus yes. of fixing yes for other people. And it is not mine to fix. That's for you. it. The same work I had to do to get all right with me, you better get all right with me too. <laughs> you want to do your work. I can't help you with it. I can't fix you with it. I can't explain this. Yes. And I've heard gay men talk about it. I can't help it. If I could change myself, don't you think I would? <laughs> you know, and they're just crying. Yes. So, and and it, what, 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 hold on, honey. Hold on. Hold on. You was clear mm. last night. Mm. Be clear today. Amen. So let them have that issue. And so I gave that issue back. And so the Holy Spirit began to deal with her. And she said, God gave her a scripture that literally liberated and set her free. And it's in Matthew whenever Jesus says that I have sheep that are not of this fold. And she said the Holy Spirit added to that text for her. And they need a shepherd too. Amen. And so it became clear to her that her son was called to to be the shepherd of his other sheep. Glory to God. Wow. And her role Mm. was then to support. Yes. And from and my mother became the mother of our church. Yes. She embraced our membership. Yes. She was a confidant for many yes. who were motherless. Yes. Whose mothers had rejected them and were not there. She became our greeter at the door. And even though she was in a wheelchair, you didn't come into the church without having to bend over. Now hear that. Yes, ma'am. Bend yes. Over yes. And get her hug. Yes. There was something about it that broke us. You know, not just me, but our congregation. Yes. It broke us Mm. in ways and touched us Mm. to cause healing and possibilities for so many to later repair and, and, and renew their relationships with their own mothers. And if not, to get okay with being loved by by a mother. Yeah. And um and so that was very much our story. That's amazing. Um, there's there's more, but but I think that'll yeah. do us for now. <laughs> <laughs> well, just wrapping up this episode, what would you share with someone who is listening and has been just really encouraged and, and maybe even struggling with um the, becoming authentically themselves? What would you share with them just in the the last few moments of this of this show? What would you share with them? There is liberty in truth. 
and without it there is only bondage amen your truth longs to set you free oh my god yeah. Ooh, that's some, of us, some, of, some of us it ain't just about my truth I'm gay mm. some of us gotta get truth about we're a liar that's the truth honey I'm some telling you gotta get truth get, just get honest and true you're yes. home yeah. you're home <laughs> you've been at home for years just get honest about it hey, but man. you're tired of being a hoe now <laughs> <laughs> but you just couldn't seem to stop that's cause you won't be honest about it that's the truth just get honest about it. That is so true. And tell God about it from an honest place. Yes. Tell your high power about it from an honest place. And then say, would you help me get free? Yes. And that doesn't mean that you've got to become celibate. <sighs> it means that you can take ownership of who you are. Amen. And what you do. Hold on about you. And you no longer have to be, um, 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 caused. You don't have to be made to do. I I am not a slave yes. to my body. Yes. But I beat my body unto subjection. Mm-hmm. To where that my spirit becomes the leading force. Yes. Not my carnal wants and wills. Mm. That's liberty. Amen. And that is freedom. Mm. And I can still have a man. Amen. I can have a couple of them, but I but I'm gonna do so in liberty Amen. and not in bondage. Not because I'm a slave to it, but because of choice. And choice, because we have the Holy Spirit in us. That's the truth. Will always lead us to do no harm. Amen. No harm to others, nor harm to ourselves. So I would you and I bid you freedom. I bid you liberty on this journey called life. Good things happen to all people. And bad things happen to all people. But all of it is working together for our good. Your good. Oh, God, I thank you. Oh, no, no, no. That is my favorite scripture, Pastor. We're going to wrap this episode up. This has been... Dear Mom, I'm Gay, and this is Jarvis Hester and uh, and Pastor Roger Hayes, and uh, this is Live Free Magazine, where we inspire you to live free in every area of your life. Be blessed. This is Jarvis Hester, the editor-in-chief of Live Free Magazine, where we inspire you to live free in every area of your life, mind, body, and spirit. And we are excited to uh, uh, release this new podcast called Dear Mom, I'm Gay. It's a conversation with uh, men of color about their coming out experience. Our goal, our hope with this show is to inspire you to live your authentic life. Um, I, uh, as myself, am a, a gay black man and I'm proud to be who I am. God has created me to be who he's created me to be. And I, I'm, it's, I'm learning that it's a journey that every day that God, uh, I seek God, he 
burns those things that are not like him away so that I can be renewed in my mind to be more like Christ daily. And today we have uh, one of my mentors, a an awesome man of God who uh, gave me my first opportunity to lead worship after coming out of the closet. Um, Pastor Roger Hayes of the Church of the Holy Spirit Fellowship. Pastor Roger Hayes, thank you so much for joining me on this call and this show. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Bless you, bless you. So uh, on this journey that we call life, uh, we go through lots of ups and downs. And I'd like for you to share with us just your experience in being authentic and learning how to accept who God has called you and made you to be. Well, first of all, let me just give everyone great greetings. I bless you in the name of the Lord and all of that good churchy holy stuff. How about that? <laughs> all right. Um, but it's really good to have this opportunity to share on today. I really pray, and it is our prayer, um, myself as well as Jarvis, that this will really be a blessing to not one, but to all. And that in, in through and throughout the course of this time, that you will be able to hear something that will be blessing you and most importantly, liberate and set you free. Yes. Um, my, um, I think that, that's a huge question that you posed. Yes. Um, that, 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 that question alone could take the entirety of our time together. Um, so if it's okay, let me start by just kind of like doing an introduction of myself. Yes. Um, I am Pastor Roger Billingsley Hayes, and I'm Bishop Elect. Um, I am a part of the Fellowship of Affirming Ministries, where my presiding prelate is Bishop Yvette A. Flunder. I am so grateful to be a part of the Fellowship of Affirming Ministries and have had the privilege of serving in ministry and pastoral ministry for some 22 or so years now. Um, I started out pastoring Church of the Holy Spirit. Then we changed our name to Church of the Holy Spirit Fellowship so that we could incorporate in North Carolina. Um, and then about six years ago, we went through a restructuring process and where we really spent some time evaluating who we were as a ministry, not just as a church, but as a ministry, who we saw ourselves as and how we showed up in the community and how we desired to show up for one another. And out of that process, we changed our name. And we changed our name from Church of Holy Spirit Fellowship to Renewal Fellowship Ooh. with a very clear understanding that our call to ministry is to renew Amen. the lives of people. Hallelujah. Um, to have people and to create space where people can find renewal on a daily, continual process. I do not think that we just arrive. Amen. I think that life is all about the journey. And so we want to create it and wanted to create a space where people could continue to journey into their wholeness and fullness. Let me chime in right there. The Bible says that we are supposed to renew our mind daily. And I'm, I'm so, I'm excited to hear that you changed your name to Renewal because that it really applies to the Word of God that on this journey, we are to daily renew our mind. That so, is correct. That is correct. And, and out of that mind renewing, there is a change of behavior. Yes. Behaviors follow. We know a fruit, we know a tree by its fruit. Yes. Um, and I'm so grateful that we are able to create an authentic place for that to happen in the lives of everyone, but particularly for LGBT identifying individuals. Mm -hmm. um, so I am 
wonderfully 50 years old, just turned 50 this year. Happy birthday. Yes. I am a father of two beautiful children, a boy and a girl, a husband, a one husband. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. And, um, and, and thankfully, and thank the Lord for him. We've been together for about 10 years or so now. And, um, and so I'm honored the Lord for him. Um, but as I said, I've been pastoring for about 20, 21, 22 years now. Um, I am a graduate of Wake Forest Divinity School um, University here in Winston-Salem. We call it the Ivy League of the South um, with a master's in divinity. Um, I am a business owner, so I'm an entrepreneur. So not only do I pastor, but I also own a catering company. And, and he a, can cook, a y'all. popular food truck. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's really, life has been good. Yes. Um, and I say that with full acknowledgement of all that that is. Um, and, and all that that brings, um, life has been good. So. Yes. So share with me. Uh, at what age were you when you realized that, you know, something was not like everyone else? Something was a little different with you. And, and tell us about that experience. And how did you come to that revelation that, you know, I'm not like the other boys? Mm. Well, I grew up in the country, um, in the very rural um, area, um, in a community called Boomer, North Carolina and, and Moravian Falls. Um and in that setting where I grew up, I, I grew up as, I would have been considered very effeminate. Um, I enjoyed um, effemininity. I, you know, I, I heard all the time, pick your wrist up, pick your wrist up. Um, but I would say that in those early years, even as early as six and seven eight I knew that I knew I was different not because I felt different not because I looked different but because people told me I was different Mm -hmm. and I think that that is a very important thing to to bring to light for particularly for same gender loving men uh, well, well, and women as well, um, who, who tend to maybe have grown up, didn't want to wear dresses, she'd rather wear pants, um, she didn't want to play with dolls, she wanted to play with trucks, um, and vice versa for men. But so oftentimes, we as children, in our innocence of discovery, we are not allowed the space yes. to, to, in a very healthy way, yeah. to explore our our gender identities um, and those normalities that keep being flung upon us. Mm -hmm. And so then we very quickly, we begin to develop uh, a consciousness that says there's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. There's something not right with me Uh, because people are adults in our lives who are not um, sympathetic or empathetic Mm -hmm. to our realities. Right begin to create these illusions for us and this this these these walls if you would mm-hmm. um and then then we find ourselves <laughs> having to dig out of these deep holes and chasms that we get buried and locked into um and so um certainly again as as i was you know very young i was dealing with those realities mm-hmm. dealing with the realities of um 
that there was something different about me um, that that I liked different things. Um, I, I I enjoyed doing different kind of things from what some of the other boys like to do. Even though there were boys in my life, the boys that I played with, that truly had um, hold on a second. I think it's amazing how in in our life experience, how you just mentioned about digging ourselves out of that hole that um, that, that people around us kind of put us in because they want us to fit this sense of normality. They want us to uh, look like um, the the society says you're supposed to be a boy that plays with uh, with toys and trucks. And, and so I, I think that's amazing how you just really touched on a, a point that even when you come to the revelation that you're different, you still have to dig yourself out of that hole of that conformity that we, we tend to, as homosexuals, tend to try to fit ourselves in this peg, uh, a square peg where we're a circle, you know? And so we have to but dig ourselves out of that and try to really brush that old thing away. The reality for that yeah. is that we're digging ourselves out of a hole that we got thrown into. Not a hole we dug ourselves in. And that's why I think there is such a real misnomer in society about saying gender loving people. Mm -hmm. We do not struggle with our sexuality because because God made us this way and this is what I like and so I'm struggling with it. That That's not it. Our struggle is other people. That's it. Our struggle is conformity. Our struggle has been the rules and the rhetorics and the things that people have said and placed up on us that buried us up under all of that crap. Mm-hmm. If, we, if, if we could have came through pure. Yeah. And allowed, and, and just imagine, at your very earliest memory, if you could have been allowed to just be. Exactly. To be loved for who you presented yourself to be. And there are societies in the world that do this. Yes. We, we, we see this in some of the Indian cultures mm-hmm. uh, where, where where they embrace two spirits, so to speak, mm-hmm. two spirited people mm-hmm. who are who generally what we would call are transgender individuals, you know, where you are allowed to come through pure. Imagine how much <laughs> what we would be. The freedom that, that comes with that, you know, because I recall when I was growing up, just at every commercial break, break, just getting up and dancing and just having this energy inside of me that just wanted to come out. And then my parents were like, no, stop, stop, don't do that. And for them, they were just in their mind trying to protect me from a, a, a mean world, you know? But if I was, had, if I had that freedom to really explore, the sky would be the limit, you know? And the freedom that comes with that. I, I think that's so powerful that you say that. Wow. It's very true. So very it, true. let's talk really quickly about that same thought process that really overtakes um, Christianity and the church and how that can really put you in a place where you feel condemned because the Bible says there's therefore no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. But there is such a, a heavy weight of condemnation, especially with homosexuality in the church. Can you speak to that? 
Yeah, um, I, I think that's a wonderful scripture that you threw out. There is therefore, meaning whatever was before is canceled out. Amen. Because you're in Christ Jesus. Amen. So, so as great as that scripture is, it is also imperative that the believer believes that they're in Christ Jesus. That's it. That is the press uh, You have to believe that you're in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe that, or if you have been made to not believe that, that this to be in Christ means that you've got to do this and do that, right. and thou shalt not, mm-hmm. and thou shalt, and, 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 and you can easily be ejected. And you can be in today and out today. Mm-hmm. No, just one word, honey, you've blown out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> if you're living in and under that kind of dogma, Oof. then to be able to embrace the fullness of the therefore, mm. then it's thrown out. That'll preach right and so then, so then here comes another struggle. So now, now I'm digging out the hole that the people that put me in because my wrist is broke. <laughs> or, or because there's too much sway in my walk. Oh, too much remember, S in my S's. Right. <laughs> I, I remember being at a school dance um, in uh, middle school, and we were dancing, and some of the girls began to make fun of me um, and laughing at me mm. because when I danced, my hips moved so much. Mm. Wow. You know, I ain't thought about that in years. But that just came up in my memory bank. Mm. You know, what well, well, those things that we oftentimes call little red wagon issues, mm-hmm. those kind of things play uh, into our adult lives. It does. Um, and, uh, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I don't want to take away from the fact because I know, just like I'm a parent, there are many who will listen to this who are also parents. It is imperative that we do the necessary work of healing ourselves. That's so true. And allowing inward discovery and personal recovery to happen mm-hmm. so that we do not put the same burdens upon our children. Mm-hmm. Pastor, can you just take types one... types of harms to them that was done to us. Yes. Now, we cannot not do that if we've not done the work. The work. That's the truth. Share a little bit about the personal discovery that, that, that this is something that you, uh, for me, at com- being under your leadership in church, really set me free and began me on the journey to start the work that has to be done in order to heal from those broken places that's, that's in all of us. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it was probably 20... 20- 21, 22 years ago, um, in a time of prayer, um, and certainly in, in beginning to lay the foundation of this thing called church that I was being called into, um, God began to deal with my heart about what this journey looked like and what it would be like. And, um, and I knew for myself, I wanted to do just what, as we have said about this broadcast, even now, I wanted people to be found, to be set free. Mm -hmm. I wanted people to get free, whatever that means for you individually. Right. I want you to know freedom. Mm -hmm. Now for some of us, that, that means we've got to go back and do some first works. Mm Mm-hmm. 
some of us, we got to clear up some past stuff for that to happen. Uh, for some of us, we've got to be able to liberate ourselves in our place called now. Mm-hmm. And then make some conscious decisions about what tomorrow is going to look like if the Lord allows it to come and our and our insistence on staying free. Mm-hmm. But out of that, and I do believe it was God breathed. He gave me inward discovery, personal recovery, and affectionate outreach. Mm-hmm. That inward discovery is that process of going inside of oneself and discovering those places of brokenness, those places of longing, those places of absence Mm. and gaps and voids that are generally manifested in the way that we feel and our emotions. Mm -hmm. Our feelings are windows into our souls. They really are. Mm -hmm. They really are. Yeah. And when you find yourself sitting around the house and just all of a sudden a sadness comes over you mm-hmm. and you just feel like crying and you don't know why, <laughs> you would do well to look at that. Mm-hmm. Do well to see and, and ask spirit, what are you wanting me to see? Yes. Not about the outside world. That's it. Not about how I feel about the current president or, exactly. or the last election, mm-hmm. but 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 about me from an inward place. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, hey, you know, sometimes you have to lay your own self on the couch yeah. and ask you, now, how long have you been feeling this way? Yes. Yeah. Well, really, how mm-hmm. long? Mm-hmm. And begin to tap into that. And and for some of us, when we get honest about some of those things, we'll find that we've been having these feelings for 15, 20, 40 years. Mm -hmm. We have had dark moments and dark places. Well, where did that come from? And this is the inward discovery process that we begin to tap into it. And hear me when I tell you, yes, it will be painful. Yes, there is pain associated with it. Mm-hmm. That's the discovery. Yep. It wouldn't been hidden, <laughs> right? <laughs> if it was easy, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But but the hiddenness of it is because of the pain that's associated with it. But here's the beautiful thing: we do not do that journey alone. The Holy Spirit journeys with us into Hallelujah. that place, yes. and it is the Holy Spirit. That as we go into that place, that then takes our hand and leads us back out of that place. And that becomes the personal recovery. Yes. He leads us back out of that dark place and hear me through the same path we went in. Not a different route. That's the truth. He leads us out the same path we went in. And that's how come there are areas in your life today that you can look back on that used to cause you pain yes. now gives you great joy. Hallelujah. Because you know that God is it's able. Yeah. It becomes the very foundational Ooh. locations of where you can put your finger on when the old saint sang the song and said, you can't make me doubt it. Hallelujah. Because I know too much about, about it. That's the truth. It's because he's brought me back Ooh. That pain, but that's not the end of the journey, Mm, mm, mm. and this is the part where renewal becomes so important. Mm. 
because once we come out, bless his name. Hallelujah. <laughs> there will then come a turn and it's time to go back in again. Mm-hmm. And this time we may go in a slightly different direction. We may go back through that same area, but this time we'll go deeper. Yes. Just like peeling the layers off of an onion. This is where that concept comes from Mm. because every layer is a layer in and of itself. Mm -hmm. So you continue to peel away. So we continue to go in and come out, Mm. in and come out, inward discovery, personal recovery, inward discovery, personal recovery. And the byproduct of this is affectionate yeah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Because out of this journey, mm. out of this thing called life, <laughs> we learn compassion. Yes. Because, now hear me, mm. through the inward discovery and the personal recovery process, we are constantly dealing with grief and loss. Yes, yes. I am a believer, as Peter Sarcasio says, that all grief and loss is the foundation of the compassion of Christ that comes out of us. So it takes grief and loss, the awareness of it and the healing in it for me to compassionately reach out to others. So without this journey, without this work, we can reach out to other people. But it will not be affectionate. <laughs> it will always be littered with your own baggage. Oh, wow. It will be littered with, with your expectations, mm-hmm. with your needs. Yes. You know, oh, 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 we'll help somebody. But but what can they do for us? Right. Oh, oh we, we got a kind word. Well, what you going to give me? Right. Oh, I'll pray for you. Just send me. $25. Right. You know, just, I'll, I'll, I'll come over there and give you a ride, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not ask, not ask you for money today. But, but right. When I want something, I'm going to call you because you, what? Oh, me. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. And then we want credit. That's wrong. We want credit with God. Oh, Jesus. Our motives have been so impure. Oh. You are preaching. So through the inward discovery, personal recovery process, then and only then. Wow. That's powerful. You know, I've been really seeking God like never before. And that's the job of the Holy Spirit is to draw us to the truth. That's his job is to to take our hand and lead us to the truth of every matter. And I'm seeing it happen so evident as I'm seeking him daily. God, the Holy Spirit will say, let me, let me show you a different way, you know? And if you're willing, that's the Bible said, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. And that, that willing saying, I came not my way, God, your way, God. I want how you want it to be done. And it takes dying of ourselves and dying of our flesh, which that's to take up your cross daily. You know, that's, that's a real thing. You know, that means that sometimes that means shutting your mouth when you want to say something, you know, anyway, so let's, let's talk about your relationship with your, with your mom and how you shared your truth with her. I, I had the honor and privilege of, of getting to know your mom and she was a, such a blessing to me and 
and uh, uh, before passing, I just really want you to share uh, just your 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 interaction with her and how you shared your truth with her. Jarvis, um, I just finished listening to um, Patrick um, Patrick's book, um, Sweet Tea. Okay. Have you read that? No, I haven't. Mm-mm. Well, it's about gay men's um, gay men in the South. Is, is really what it's all about. Mm. Um, and so, very much the same, the same conversation we're having is what the book is completely about. Mm. I mean, it's, just, it's a really good read. It's a good book. Um, but. <clears throat> My mother, um, my mother had me whenever she was 19. Um, she was a senior in high school, um, and, and in full transparency, she got pregnant by the janitor at the school, who was considerably older than she was. She, he, he should have went to jail, um, to be told. Um, but um, she, she got pregnant, um, and she had me. And it would be much later in life, in, in my adulthood, she and I had some conversation about that, and, and she shared with me that I was not a mistake for her mm. um, at all. She very much wanted a child. She wanted someone to love her and someone for her to love. Now, that is important, particularly for males who are their mother's oldest their first, their firstborn mm-hmm. for their mothers. Mm-hmm. There's oftentimes these are some of the feelings and some of the things that are there. It's a lot of weight for that child to carry. It's too much weight for that child to carry that that level of emotion um, of an adult. Um, and that's a whole other conversation. Mm-hmm. But um, but it shaped mine and my mother's relationship in a lot of ways. Um, Though she very much wanted a son, she wanted a child, she wasn't ready for a child because she had to find out who she was. She was still a child herself, growing up again in a very rural area. Um, But yet my mother, she set out, um, she went to school, she um, got her LPN and began to nurse um, and doing nursing. She moved around um, somewhat. She ended up moving to Atlanta. Um, by this point, I had a sister as well, and so my sister and I moved with her to Atlanta for a short period of time, and then we came back and was raised the majority of our um, adolescence with my grandmother, um, and my mother was kind of in and out um, um, through that until she got sick. Um, she was diagnosed with lupus whenever she was like 23, um, and so she lived with lupus um still finding her way, still doing her her thing, 
but as if you know anything about a chronic disease, it, it still has its effects. You know, um, she we eventually moved. She eventually moved back home. Um, we lived with her. Um, she moved away again, and we moved back to my grandmother's. And she moved back home. We were with her. Um, but by the time I was a senior in high school, my mom and my sister moved to Winston Salem to live. I did not want to move. I wanted to stay in Wilkes County and graduate from Wilkes Central. And so I stayed and I was working full time. During that time, my senior year is when I met the first man that I became involved with. Um, prior to then, you know, I, I definitely knew that I was gay. I was clear about that. Um, didn't know all the terminology around it, you know, didn't really know all of what that meant, but I knew I liked the man. <laughs> it was definite that, that that's what, that's what that, you wanted. That's what made my blood rise. You know? <laughs> uh, and, and it wasn't no gal, you know. But, um, so um, I, I met my first boyfriend um, at work. Um, and he was 10 years my senior. Mm. Um, a Hispanic brother um, who was married and had children, but they were in Mexico. Um, but that, that had nothing to do with me. I could care less. <laughs> you know? and, um, and he turned me out. He turned me all the way out. All the way out. I, I remember my first kiss um, in a very fond and I remember my first time in a very fond way mm. uh, a very gentle way um, and I know everybody can't say that but mm -hmm. I and that doesn't make me great or anything but I but I do thank the Lord for that um, but my mom living away I lived with my aunt she and I shared an apartment together she was the busybody she was constantly telling my mom everything you know everything she thought she was really telling my mother you know and so my mother asked me one day if, my, if me and um, Alfreda was were dealing with each other lovers or whatever she said and, you know and I vehemently denied it you know just absolutely not I dare you, you know? <laughs> the blood of Jesus you know? and um <laughs> But later on, um, I graduated from high school, went to college, um, and during the summer of my, what would be one into my sophomore year, I started dating a guy in, um, in Boone, North Carolina, and lived up there. And my mother called one morning. He and I were in the bed, and, and my mother called. He answered the phone. He handed the phone to me. You know, like that. And we didn't have to with no cell phones. He he handed the phone to me in the early morning. Hello, you know. And uh, and my mother said, her very words was, Roger, are you and Kevin lovers? Woo. And I said, yes. Wow. She said, okay. Well, we'll talk about this later. I said, all right. And we hung up the phone just like that. Yeah. And um. So the later did come in the form of a letter. And it's so funny because I've heard so many men talk about the letters. <laughs> the letters. <laughs> How the mothers would write these letters littered with scriptures about you. Really? Front and back pages. <laughs> 
I wish, God knows in all of my heart, I wish I still had those letters. <laughs> you know? Oh, honey, she would write me these letters. I'd these long letters at school. I, by this time, I'm back in college, you know, she, I'd go to my mailbox, I'd have a packet. <laughs> 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 I'd be letter, it was a packet. <laughs> you know? <laughs> 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 Of it, I'm going to hell. Oh, Jesus. And it is her duty. Mm. It is her God given, spirit led duty. Wow. To save my soul. You know? Um, well, as time would march on, I started dating another guy um, who actually lived in Winston-Salem. I met him in Winston. Um, he lived here. He was also, uh, he was about 12 years my senior. Um, and my mom went through a period of time with he and I where I would have called her accepting, accepting, you know, she had accepted it, she, you know, she didn't understand it, but, but you know, hey, you know, we was good, we was Gucci. And we went along like that for about three years. When he and I broke up, I fell head over heels in love with Jesus. Amen. Uh, and I mean, I'm, I, head over heels in love with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I gave my life to the Lord. Now, I was saved when I was um, 10 years old, filled with the Holy Ghost at 13. All right. Um, but, but, I, but baby, I fell in love with Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in 1995. Okay. And um, um, joined Macedonia True God Pentecostal Holiness Church of God Incorporated. All of that, right? <laughs> and um, and renounced my homosexuality mm. and made a conscious decision and clear and clarity. I could not have a man and have God, so I chose God. Um, I knew that I was not attracted to women and I did not want a woman, but I couldn't have a man. So then, so that meant a life of what would be in celibacy. Um, so at, you know, at 25, 20, 26, somewhere around there, you know, I am literally you know, no masturbation, no um, sex. Um, um, I slept the CC Winans and TDJ, you know, and, and, and that's what I played. And I played that at night, so it would play over. And at the time, we had cassettes, and you know, we had cassettes, it would automatically turn over. Right. And, um, and, and, and so, so that played all night so that he could back the enemy in the dream yes and so so that i would stop waking up with it come on <laughs> um, and, and all of this because because the devil <laughs> you know and victories in jesus yes you know? and i am the overcomer you know and and and, and i want to be very transparent in this um one day i was one, one morning i was brushing my teeth and I happened to be just got out of the shower. So I'm brushing my teeth. And as I'm brushing my teeth, I've gotten an erection. And I'm standing there brushing my teeth, brushing my teeth. And from the gyrations of brushing my teeth, I ejaculated. Wow. In that moment, I looked at myself with my toothbrush hanging out of my mouth. <laughs> flooding over me and I said God mm. this is not natural it's, it's, wow there is something 
wrong with this? Wow. Wow. Like, this, this don't make sense. Mm-hmm. You know? So, so out of that, my mom embraced my change because my change was what she had been praying and fasting for. Mm-hmm. This is what she believed God for. And so it had only manifested there. And so what I thought was acceptance those three years or so was really her giving it to God. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? And so now I'm free, you know? And um when I met this boy and I fell in love for the first real time. Mm-hmm. His name was Dwayne. I fell in love mm-hmm. with Dwayne. And um, it really set my mother in a tailspin because I had backslid. Now, mm. by this point, I was preaching. I had been called in the ministry and had done preached my initial sermon. Mm. So, so, so for any mother who was believing for the transformation of her son, right, right. Um, this had been the utopia, mm-hmm. you know. This I had arrived. Right. You know, I'm a preacher now. You know, <laughs> anointed. No, I, I, for real, honey. You know, and 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 now you're gonna go back. Oh my God, honey, bless her heart. She went through. <laughs> she went through. But I was on my way somewhere. Amen. And I mean that I was on my way somewhere because from that experience in the bathroom, I began to question everything. Mm-hmm. I began to question it about if I am fearfully and wonderfully made, then the challenge is not who you made me. Oh, wow. The challenge is that I would know it. Mm. You see? Yeah. Wow. The question has never been that I'm made of God. Mm. Fearfully and wonderfully. Yes. The problem, the challenge, the, the life journey is coming into full acknowledgement and knowing who you are. That who I am. Yes. That I am mm. fearfully and wonderfully. Yes. And all that that comes with that, you know. And um and so my mom struggled. I started pastoring. My mom struggled. You know, I, I was moving forward in ministry. My mom was struggling. And one day they did an article on me. And I'm fast forwarded about six years now. Um, they did an article on me in the local um, African-American newspaper called The Chronicle. And it was entitled, um, Out of the Closet and Into the Light. Mm. They, Pastor tells of years of struggle, you know, and it was on the front page. What? That's big and, time. Wow. Oh, it was it was big time. And what anybody would have thought is that maybe I sought after this article, or what, and that wasn't the case at all. Literally, literally, I threw myself on the sword to protect someone else. Mm. I allowed them to do this story on me and gave them this story to protect another pastor here in the city. Wow. Yeah, and, that, and that's that's the God's heaven's truth. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I put myself out there and all of this, and, and I thought it was going to be, you know, on, on page seven 
of the of the chronicle, right? You know, in the corner with the mm-hmm. story, not literally on the front page wow. of the paper. And I had been away at a at a meeting, um, and been away for a couple, about three days. And I came home on the day that the paper came out and stopped at a um uh, one of the bookstores, uh, not not our kind of bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped at the bookstore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to pick up the paper. Uh, and and like the, I swallowed my tonsils when I saw it. You know that this is a. My mother was going to the beauty salon at this time to get her hair done, and in that period there, she was in the salon, and I was the topic of the conversation in the salon. Oh wow! Um, as women, um, berated, wow. discussed, and talked about mm. that boy, that guy in the paper. None of them people knew that that guy was her son mm. until the her hairdresser said to them, "You all, this is his mother." Wow! And just the you know the hush fell over the crowd. Yeah, <laughs> but also the embarrassment. My her, goodness! You know, um, and it just happened to be. That that day, that evening, I mean, it was that evening or it was the next day one. I had went over to her home, and when I walked in, she was sitting there in her in her wheelchair. She was in a wheelchair at this point, and she was just looking at me with such a disdain. Mm. And she said to me, "Roger, I am so embarrassed by oh you." Know? And and I and I, and I believe that that is many same gender loving people's moment um, that we've heard I'm embarrassed by you or we certainly felt it that we in some way had brought shame on the family you know that we have basically slaughtered ourselves to keep from bringing shame Mm. on the family Mm. you know and all that but oh bless be God yes Lord I was in a place that day where I was well enough mm-hmm. to handle that moment, you know, because if I had to be in, and this is God, and this was God, because I'd been in church, mm-hmm. and I'd heard this prophetess from Puerto Rico, she had been preaching and teaching, and I had gotten some good nuggets, and so when my mother said that to me, I looked at her with great love and compassion, and I said, well, that's your issue. Mm. And I'm sorry that you are missing out on the wonderful man that I am. Amen. But I'm going to give you that issue back. Yes. And I'm not going to take that home for myself. Yes. That's your issue. And I turned around and walked out of her apartment. Wow. And closed the door. She and I, prior to her passing and, and um, she and I had opportunities to talk in front of groups about the same subject, the same conversation, and it was wonderful, mm-hmm. wonderful to be able to have this conversation with her, yes. you know, um, and before she passed. And and she talked about that day. And she would said, after I shared this part of it, you know, and I closed that door, she said in that very moment, the Holy Spirit began to deal with her with her issue. Wow. And, 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 that, and that only happened because I gave the issue back to, back her. to her. Wow. 
And so oftentimes what we tend to do as same gender loving people, we take the onus yes. of fixing yes. for other people. And it is not mine to fix. That's for you. it. The same work I had to do to get all right with me, you better get all right with me too. <laughs> you have to do your work. I can't help you with it. I can't fix you with it. I can't explain this. Yes. I've heard gay men talk about it. I can't help it. I, if I could change myself, don't you think I would? <laughs> you know, and they're just crying. Yes. Hold on, honey. Hold on. Hold on. You was clear mm. last night. Mm. Be clear today. Amen. So let them have that issue. And so I gave that issue back. And so the Holy Spirit began to deal with her. And she said, God gave her a scripture that literally liberated and set her free. And it's in Matthew whenever Jesus says that I have sheep that are not of this fold. And she said, the Holy Spirit added to that text for her, and they need a shepherd too. Amen. And so it became clear to her that her son was called to shepherd. the shepherd wow. of his other sheep. Glory to God. Wow. And her role mm. was being to support. Yes. And from and my mother became the mother of our church. Yes. She embraced our membership. Yes. She was a confidant for many yes. who were motherless. Yes. Whose mothers had rejected them and were not there. She became our greeter at the door. And even though she was in a wheelchair, you didn't come into the church without having to bend over. Now hear that. Yes, ma'am. Bend yes. Over yes. And get her hug. Yes. There was something about it that broke us. Yeah. You know, not just me, but our congregation. Yes. It broke us mm. in ways and touched us mm. to cause healing and possibilities for so many to later repair and, and, and renew their relationships with their own mothers. And if not, to get okay with being loved by, by a mother. Yeah. And um and so that was very much our story. That's amazing. Um, there's there's more, but but I think gotta do us from there. <laughs> <laughs> well, just wrapping up this episode, what would you share with someone who is listening and has been just really encouraged and, and maybe even struggling with um the, becoming authentically themselves? What would you share with them just in the the last few moments of this of this show? What would you share with them? There is liberty in truth. And without it, there is only bondage. Amen. Your truth longs to set you free. Oh my God. Yeah. Ooh, that's some powerful. of us, some of some of us, it ain't just about my truth, I'm gay. Mm. Some of us gotta get truth about we a liar. That's the truth, honey. I'm some telling you. Gotta get truth. Get, just get honest and true. You yes. are home. Yeah. You know you're home. <laughs> That's the truth. Just get honest about it. That is so true. Tell God about it from an honest place. Yes. Tell your high power about it from an honest place. 
place and then say, would you help me get free? Yes. And that doesn't mean that you've got to become celibate. It means that you can take ownership of who you are. Amen. And what you do. And you no longer have to be um, 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 caused. You don't have to be made to do. I I am not a slave yes. to my body. Yes. But I beat my body unto subjection. Mm-hmm. To where that my spirit becomes the leading force. Yes. Not my carnal wants and wills. Mm. That's liberty. Amen. And that is freedom. Mm. And I can still have a man. Amen. I can have a couple of them. But I but I'm gonna do so in liberty. Amen. And not in bondage. Not because I'm a slave to it but because of choice and choice because we have the Holy Spirit in us that's the truth will always lead us to do no harm amen no harm to others nor harm to ourselves so I would you and I bid you freedom I bid you liberty on this journey called life good things happen to all people and bad things happen to all people. Mm-hmm. But all of it is working together for our good. Oh, God, I thank you. Oh, no, no, no. That is my favorite scripture, Pastor. We're going to wrap this episode up. This has been Dear Mom, I'm Gay, and this is Jarvis Hester and, uh, and Pastor Roger Hayes. And uh, this is Live Free Magazine, where we inspire you to live free in every area of your life. Be blessed. <laughs>